The first tech billionaire, Elon Musk, says that he's going to step down as Twitter's CEO as soon as he can, quote, find someone foolish enough to take the job. The self-proclaimed chief twit purchased the social media platform in October for $44 billion. Since then, he's fired thousands of employees and ruffled a lot of feathers with his brash management style and often quick-fire decisions. Joining us now with more on the state of that company is Kat Zakruski, technology policy reporter at The Washington Post. Welcome back to Reset, Kat. Thank you so much for having me on the show. For those who may not be on Twitter, can you just remind us how Elon announced that he was going to step down? Yes. So the first sign of this came Sunday night when Elon Musk uh, launched a Twitter poll, um, basically asking, should I step down from the helm of Twitter? Um, And after 12 hours of voting uh, with more than 17 million responses, uh, 57.5 people said, Yes, Musk should resign. Um, 57.5%, yes? uh, Yes, 57.5% of those votes um, said that. And so, yes, I mean, that that was uh, kind of the very uh, unscientific (laughs) approach that Musk took to this. Um, And uh, he said, you know, when he first put that poll out, that whatever the results are, I will abide by them. And this is kind of a leadership tactic that we've seen a few times from Musk uh, already in his short reign at Twitter. Um, He also used one of these Twitter polls to decide whether or not former President Donald Trump should be allowed back on the social network. Yeah. And looking at this poll, this one in particular about whether he should step down as head of the company, I was surprised, Kat, that it was so close. I thought it would have been way more voters who would have said yes. You know, it's really interesting because obviously when someone puts out a poll like this on Twitter, it's going to their own followers. So it's not necessarily representative of, um, you know, how most Americans or or most people globally uh, think about Twitter. Um, And I think, you know, there's also a lot of ways that these polls can be gamed. Um, And Musk himself, uh, you know, when he saw these results come in, he started responding to and liking some tweets that suggested the results could be thrown off, um, you know, potentially even by bot activity, which we know is a concern he's raised many times right. in the context of Twitter. And how long has he owned Twitter? Uh, for about uh, two months now. It's uh, a little less My than goodness. two months, but it's been certainly an eventful uh almost eight weeks now. Wow. Um, How has his leadership affected the company's value? So the company has really seen a lot of struggles when it comes to its business um, since Elon Musk took over. We've seen a massive exodus of both advertisers and talent um, from the Twitter platform um, because of some of the stances he's taken as he pursues what he calls a free speech agenda, but in that process has overturned some of the teams, institutions, and policies that Twitter set up over the course of years to attempt to make the platform safer and more civil. So this move isn't too much of a surprise here. You you reported that he, he testified last month in Delaware court that he didn't plan to stay in charge of the, the platform long term. Right. That's right. And so, I mean, I think the thing to remember with Elon Musk is that Twitter is just one of many companies that he's involved with. Um, The investors at Tesla are, in many instances, very concerned about the amount of time, energy and resources he's devoting to Twitter rather than that company. 
Um, he also is the head of SpaceX, um, and that role, you know, carries a lot of significance for uh, the entire country's uh, work in space. And so I think, you know, one of the challenges for uh, Musk moving forward is really assuring investors and board members at his other companies that he's able to balance all of these different business interests. And um, basically naming another chief executive would help take some of that heat off. Um, but it's clear, you know, from his tweet um, that we saw yesterday that even if Elon Musk were to name a new CEO of Twitter, he would still be heavily involved in the company. I mean, he said oh. that um, he will still be running the software and server team um, in his tweet last night. He also would remain the owner of Twitter, um, which would give him, you know, broad control and discretion over decisions that the CEO makes. So have Elon's other companies like uh, SpaceX and Tesla, have they been affected by how he's been managing Twitter? Um, Certainly we've seen um, a negative effect on the Tesla stock um, since he has been engaged in this uh, work at Twitter. And uh, I know yesterday, as people were waiting to see um, what would happen with his future tenure and if he would choose a new CEO, Mm -hmm. the the stock was sliding. And so um, this has an impact on investors and his other companies. And uh, that, I think, is going to be one of the big questions moving forward. Is he able to balance Twitter, which, as we can see, it's... uh, very difficult to make these decisions where you're weighing free speech mm-hmm. against safety, and there can be a lot of trade-offs there. And uh, the negative effect that that's having on his image could certainly have an impact on his other companies down the line, too. Yeah, so investors are worried that he's stretched too thin, it sounds like. Correct, yes. What about employees? How are they reacting to all this? So when I talked to employees after the poll results came out on Monday, there was really a demoralized feeling, they said, among the workforce. Um, A lot of Twitter employees feel out of the loop with current management. Um, There's a sense that they are learning about changes at Twitter, new Twitter policies, new decisions from Elon Musk's Twitter account themselves. Wow, Other executives at the company are not empowered um, to really, you know, show leadership or to check some of Musk's impulses. Um, So uh, at least, you know, as they were waiting as well on Monday and Tuesday, they had not had clear communication from Elon about, you know, now that the poll results are in and people wanted him to step down, who would be their next leader? And that's created a lot of confusion and just made it difficult for people to do their jobs day to day. Also, how many people are left at this point at Twitter? I mean, I remember he had massive layoffs and and walkouts recently. He's had massive layoffs. He's had massive walkoffs. I don't actually know the exact number that's left, but I think it's safe to say that more than 50% of the uh, more than 7,000 employees who were there when he took over the company have left. So it's, it's been a massive exodus. And that's another, you know, challenge for morale is that people who were accustomed to, you know, being able to split up the work of running a social network day to day among thousands of people have now seen their teams totally eviscerated and their workloads increase exponentially overnight. 
This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're talking with Kat Zakreski, who's a technology policy reporter at The Washington Post, about the latest on Elon Musk and Twitter. So you mentioned earlier um, he frequently uses uh, these Twitter polls trying to gauge public opinion about different way, you know, ways that he should manage the company. Uh, he even went as far yesterday to, to suggest making changes on who can vote for those polls in the future, right? That's right. He suggested in the future that only subscribers of Twitter Blue, which is the paid uh, product that he's kind of made his signature push that allows people to have a blue verified check mark. Um, he, he suggested that only those users would be able to vote in the polls moving forward, which would obviously, you know, further sway the results that we see um, in, in these kinds of questions um, that he's using to make major decisions about the future of this company that has broad implications for our media, for our elections, for politics. Yeah, I think uh, I'm hearing a follower might have suggested that, and he, I guess, simply agreed. That's correct. He uh, replied in a tweet uh, to, to a follower on, on that front. And, you know, I think that kind of speaks to how chaotic and haphazard a lot of the decisions have been at Twitter um, over the past few weeks. Um, prior to Elon Musk taking over, um, look, like Twitter had a lot of problems, made mistakes all the time, but they did have kind of clear processes in place when mm -hmm. it came to developing policies, to product launches. They would have, you know, multiple teams across the company review the privacy safety implications when they rolled out a new rule or a new policy or a new product on the service. Yeah. And now that's happening just when Elon Musk decides to tweet about it. So some other commotion on the site that I woke up to one day a few days ago, Musk abruptly suspended the accounts of several high-profile journalists, people from CNN, The New York Times, and as well as the, the Washington Post's own Drew Harwell, your colleague. Remind us why, Kat? So Elon Musk said that these journalists were suspended for violating a new policy that the company created on, quote, doxing. Um, they, the, the reason that was given was because these reporters were sharing um, links to the Twitter account Elon Jet, which was a Twitter account that collected public information about where Elon jet was flying and shared that. Um, and, you know, Elon Musk tried to make the argument that sharing of that information on Twitter was a form of doxing. Um, now, many experts who study doxing, which is when people make an address and location information public to introduce harm to a person, um, they said that, you know, this is sharing of public information. This is normal reporting. Mm -hmm. This is not doxing. But Elon Musk interpreted it in that way. And, and who runs that Elon Jet account? It is run by, um, I'm so sorry, I, I don't have the person's name in front of me at, at the moment. But um, it, oh, it looks run... like Jack Sweeney. Jack Correct. Sweeney. Jack Sweeney. Thank you. Wow. And, and so uh, these journalists' accounts, have they all been reinstated at this point? And, and what are they saying about the ban? So what the Washington Post has said about the ban is that, um, you know, this um, 
move to ban journalists flies in the face of what Elon Musk has said he wants to promote um, when it comes to free speech online. And um, we have not seen all the journalists come back online. Um, my colleague, Drew Harwell, um, is still not on Twitter. Um, he has been posting on alternative social networks like Mastodon um, over the past few days. Mm-hmm. I believe the latest that I heard was that Twitter was requiring him to delete his tweet about Elon Jet in order to be able to return to the platform. And obviously, you know, Drew was just sharing that information in his normal course of reporting um, on the service and wow. has not deleted that tweet yet. Well, it looks just a quick search on Twitter here. It looks like you can still see Drew Harwell's account. Is he just not allowed to post anything? Is Correct. that what the suspension is? Okay. Gotcha. Uh, Twitter also passed these new rules uh, prohibiting uh, promotion of rival social media platforms on its website. You know, you just mentioned Mastodon, for instance. Can you just talk about that? Yes. I mean, that was uh, a policy change that even some of Elon Musk's own allies criticized over the weekend when uh, Elon abruptly announced this new policy for the company where you would not be able to share links to Mastodon, to other uh, Facebook, Instagram, other accounts. And I mean, this came as, you know, many users concerned about some of the moves that Musk was making um, in relation to spending journalists, in relation to exposing the private information of employees at his company. We're talking about leaving to go to alternative social networks and saying, come follow me here. Um, and, uh, you know, this uh, policy that was announced was met with a lot of backlash and concern that it really underscored hypocrisy on Elon Musk's front that he said, you know, this is going to be a platform where all legal speech is allowed when yeah. he announced his plans to buy the company. And then, you know, just a few weeks into owning it, oh, wait, you can't talk about our competitors in this way. Well, you know, these changes, they caught the attention of European regulators. What did they have to say? Yes. So um, European regulators um, basically sent out a warning um, on Monday morning that, you know, you can't have these haphazard changes to policy, especially under the Digital Services Act, which is the EU's new laws governing content moderation at big social networks. And um, we saw a warning that, you know, these rules are going to go into effect in 2023, but they would advise companies to comply with them sooner. And mm. I think uh, that's just kind of foreshadowing how the European Union could become a bigger foil to Elon Musk um, in the months ahead, especially once they have these new powers. Yeah. Well, before I let you go, tell us what you're going to be looking out for as Elon Musk continues his search for this replacement CEO. I think I'll be looking closely at who he chooses and their political ideology and also their experience in tech. Um, It could be indicative of just how much power and influence this person will have or whether they're simply a figurehead um, who Elon Musk is installing to shield himself from some criticism at this point. I think it might be the latter, Kat. (laughs) Kat Zakreski is a technology policy reporter at The Washington Post. Happy holidays. Thank you so much. Thanks. You too.